pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss Fantasy Super Rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby, and you can now support us on Patreon. I'm joined by the boys, Harry and Nelson. Gents, how are we doing this fine Christmas evening? Very, very good, mate. Uh, Bought a house today and had a birthday a couple of days ago, so it's been good. And you're talking to Sumo today. I mean, and talking it, to Sumo to I mean, top it off. That's kind of peak of, peak of your existence. I'd, I'd say I'm going all right. I'm not going as good as Harry. I haven't bought a house and I got mauled by a dog. But I am talking to Sumo. So. That's true. I think we, we do need to dwell longer on that. Um, it's now the official dog of the podcast, Dave. What a legend. <laughs> he um, has a terrible name. <laughs> Let's be honest, it only gets worse for here when fantasy football starts for Nelson. So you should be feeling good. <laughs> yeah. And look, yeah, I, I, I also did not buy a house, uh, but I did have a birthday. I did tick over to the big three zero on the weekend. Um, any, any dogs take a junk out here? And no dogs. So, okay. um, yeah, it's, it's all been good so far. Excellent. Very good. All right, well, in this afternoon's pod, for Entree, we're going to make our predictions of who will be the top fantasy players from the New Zealand Conference or Super Rugby 2020, yep. basically. Um, basically. It's the <laughs> same thing. Uh, for main course, we're going to be joined once again by Scotty Sumo Stevenson to preview the New Zealand Super Rugby Conference. And for dessert, we'll make our tips for the NZ Conference. So we're going to rank where the Super Rugby teams finish from 1 to 5. Excellent. Perfect. Sweet as. Well, let's just get stuck straight in. So for Entree, um, we're going to do our predictions for the top three fantasy players from the Kiwi Conference um, and unique predictions. So. Uh, Last, we'll start with how about we start with what we did last year? So, yep. um, boys, what did we do last year? We did it in order, it was Harry, Nelson, and myself. So, uh, Harry, what did you say in, in 2019? Yeah, well, I went D Mac, definitely would have been the top scorer, but obviously, did he did his name? Excuses, mate. Uh, don't, don't make, yeah, don't make up excuses. <laughs> Richie Moe, who was rock solid, I think he was my best performer, but not fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Danny Coles on comeback, I thought he was gonna light the world. Up like he did a few years ago, but he was solid without being spectacular. Very good. Nels, how about you, mate? Um, I, first of all, went Rico, who he let me down a little bit, but he, he sort of came good throughout most of the back end of that season, so he, he didn't do too shabby, but... He's pretty average. Yeah, he was he was <laughs> top 15. Um, then Blam, he was about 15th, so total points. Blam, who did terrible for me, realistically, in comparison to the year before. It's because he, next... he didn't say with enough vigour. Blam! You know, you well, really... he doesn't deserve it anymore. Yeah, what motivation. And then, <laughs> then I had Akira, who I think he came in about 13th. That's right. I think it's uh, it's really a sincerest <clears throat> form of flattery when Nelson's three players he picked were the foundation of my 2018 fantasy winning team. Absolutely. Well, that was so... the one year you've done something correct, so... I feel like you picked those guys more because you wanted to pick them so I couldn't than you actually were going to pick the top <laughs> yeah, That was definitely part of it too. So yeah, as they were unique, I couldn't pick any of those last six players. So I picked um, Solomon Alamalu, um, Georgie Bridge, and then I must have had a bit of a brain fart because uh, I was put on the spot, and Brodie Ritalik, um, who, don't get us wrong, fantastic fantasy player, but uh, 
probably not going to. So did we get none of the top ten, didn't we? I, I got closest. Didn't do with particularly well. Yeah, I think I got closest with thirteen. Yeah. So we didn't do brilliant. Rico twenty second, yeah. by the way, not quite fifteen. Okay, it's good big, enough, big dog. Um, yeah. But as, as well, <laughs> last year there was a lot of them weren't Kiwi in the the top five, and there's only one Kiwi in the top five. But that included Marks, who's out for a lot of this year, including Karevi. Yeah, plenty of a, a plenty of others. Um, shout out to Mitch Evans ninety four on Twitter. He was sort of saying he's been going through it all and. He thinks that the top, the whole first round are going to be Kiwis. And I think this year you'll probably find that most of that top ten are going to be Kiwis. Oh, look, if I, if I got all eight picks in the first round, I would pick eight Kiwis to start with anyway, so, you know, But last year we didn't. I would have last year anyway. Just, you know, can't go wrong. Um, all right, excellent. Let's move it on. Let's go to 2020. So Super mm. Rugby 2020. We're now going to reverse things. So... I get to go first and uh, pick three players. Why so not? You're um, not used to being first, yeah? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm going to... Perhaps maybe a little bit I might pick some players that perhaps Harry would have picked or you would have picked. Perhaps. Nelson, but um, look, all right. I'm going to pick number one, low-hanging fruit. Very easy to pick. Crusaders right winger, Sebu Reese. Nice. Matteelli doesn't disturb you coming back this year? No, nope, I picked him. Uh, he was my, my second pick. or in, Was it second or third pick in the draft last year? Yeah, um, I think it was your second. Thought I was pretty injury, safe. Injury, injury kept he, him out. Yeah, decided yeah, to yeah. do so his So I reckon wrong, but go on. Excellent. I don't. <laughs> second pick, I'm going to go even more low-hanging fruit. Damien McKenzie, back to fullback. Damn it. <laughs> hey, what's the average? That's my boy. Hey, what's the average height of the guys you're picking? Like, pretty, pretty small. Look, good things come in small packages. <laughs> I'm joking. You'll never hear me say that. We like bigger players, let's be honest. Um, and, uh, all right, the third, to, just to round out the mould and go against that uh, very sentiment, uh, Akira Iwani. Okay. Yeah. I know. Predictable. Perhaps he wouldn't be there in your top three, but... Pretty sure Nelson picked up all three of those. <laughs> yes. My, uh, my boy's always getting in there. Yeah, yeah. they were definitely going to be some of mine. Look, uh, my first one's going to be a little bit out of the blue, but I think deserve it, is, is Braden Enno, who I think is going to get a lot more game time this year, and he's going to be utilised in the centres of the wing. Interesting. big, that big is. first call. Yeah. Well, I think that... Craggs could beat all three of his could beat him, but they're all gone. So I think you understand how this works. Um, well, I can't pick Dmac or you can't Reece. be my three, but you're meant to pick the three that you're meant to pick the three that you think are going to top it. I think Eno is going to be brilliant. He's going to be right up there. Brilliant okay. or going to top it? He's going to top it. Okay, okay. good. Yeah. Have to get there. And then ALB. All right, that's, that's rock solid. Yeah. No, yeah. no arguments here. And then I'm going to go for Shannon Frizzell. So, a lot more game time. I think he's, he's going to be very valuable. They're year. not going to just keep resting him? No. They seem to be building him for the next World Cup. He's, no. I thought he's the, he's, he's the super <laughs> sub, right? He's, he's the neighbour. He's the off the bench. That's no, where they like him. Not this year. They've lost a lot of stocks <laughs> right. there. Right. Okay. All right, well, Harry, what do you got for us? I'm glad you guys could take out the guys ranked 15th to 21st <laughs> like we did right. last year right. because you've left me the top three. Number one, Nani La Mape. Who? The guy that is just going to have to do even more work now that they don't have Bodie Barrett steering them around. Well, just the shovel. It doesn't matter if it's he, Fletcher Smith. He doesn't have Bodie giving it to him in it brilliant matter. situations. Sure. It doesn't he, matter. He possibly, yeah. other than Damien McKenzie, he's probably the, the second most player who will not pass the ball. Yeah, uh, and so now they'll just run him at 10 because they don't have a 10. That's a good point. Yeah. Take out one, le- one less pass, that's more ball for him. <laughs> also, Fetu Douglas. Someone's got to replace Kieran Reid, and Fetu was a weapon when it's he started be, last year. It's going to be interesting. I think Akira is definitely... We've all picked one Lucy. Akira is not going to be the top out of those three. <laughs> Come on, boys. So, Played every minute the last three right, seasons. Okay. And uh, last one, stick to form, true to form. Richie Moe, he delivered me a, a uh, championship, and he's going to be my last option as I the top pick. Could, could have said Richie Rich coming. That was, uh, yeah. You're the only one here without a Mo, so you don't deserve him. Um, and I've got the Richie Moonga, so I don't need a Mo. <laughs> That was terrible. Um, 
All right, well, excellent. That's good. We did that nice and quickly, setting a good pace here. Um, I think next year, whilst uh, Nelson would like to think that he gets to go first in picking it, I think we're just going to, you know, democracy manifest. Uh, we're going to pick it based on draft order. So we can probably tell you it's going to be either Harry or me in first again uh, and second and Nelson down third. So, I, I um, don't like the tone of your voice. So. <laughs> excellent. Very good. All right, well, with that, um, how about we move on to main course and let's well, get the man who we all want to hear from on the line. That's right. So, calling in sumo. Oh, there we go. Sumo. G'day. Thank you for joining us. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Sun's shining, boys. It's Christmas time. Happy days. Excellent. There's even sun in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, unblocked by smoke. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair play. Yeah, well done. Well done. Um, <laughs> All right, well, look, we'll just knock out the intro out of the way. You may know Sumo from pretty much everything New Zealand rugby. Um, he's at Sumo Stevenson on Twitter. And if you're listening to this, there's a pretty high chance that his latest book, Straight Eight, Kieran Reid's biography, is probably on your Christmas list. Um, it's on mine. So. <laughs> and if Especially it's, a signed did copy. I see, did I send you a copy, boys? Hey! 100%. <laughs> we, we, we check in the mailbox every day, but um, look, we'll, we'll continue yeah. to do so. Um, <laughs> but um, look, no, most recently, Sumo has been the voice of Spark Sports Rugby World Cup coverage. And, um, and look, speaking of that, we all got over there and had an absolute whale of a time. But uh, I imagine it, it pales in comparison to yours. How, just how good was it? Oh, look, it was a real privilege to um, lead the commission team up there. And, and, yeah, the experience is one for the ages, isn't it? I mean, Japan yeah. really turned on a fantastic tournament. And, you know, some of the footy was outstanding. And, you know, look, as a Kiwi, of course, you're disappointed that the All Blacks couldn't make it three in a row. But mm. if any team was going to do it, you know, I was really happy to see South Africa take that title. They were just a great bunch of men. They were together for a long time. And, you know, they just really had destiny on their side, I thought. Yeah, keep, but, it, keep it in the Southern Hemisphere as well. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, yeah. we can, we can say what we're all thinking. It's it's anyone but England. I mean, that's, that's fair. Um, <laughs> no, we won't we won't yeah. rope sumo into that. Um, <laughs> but no, it looked like you had an absolute whale of a time. You, you, were you over there? You were over there for almost what two months or something, or two and a half months? Three yeah, months. yeah. No, it was, it was two months in total. So um, by the end of it, I, I could figure out which exit to come out of the train station. So, <laughs> yeah, look. Just, uh, it's such a loose place. I spent predominantly uh, most of my time in Tokyo, which was outstanding. And, and then I uh, got to see a little bit of the country after the final. We chipped around with my family for a week and uh, took in a few other spots. And, Beautiful. Yeah, I'd love to go there. Did you uh, stretch out those vocal cords at karaoke, mate? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was, some, there was some karaoke time. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I had a, a good karaoke night actually with um, Wayne Barnes, the referee. And, oh, uh, really? <laughs> Uh, How's he going? He loves the tune. Yeah, he, got, he went real well. Yeah. Excellent. And I, I would have hoped, uh, I'm not sure it happened or not, but I would have hoped you had been stitched up and someone would have thrown you into like a, some amateur sumo sparring or something, you know what I mean? But uh, did anything like anything like that go down? <laughs> oh, look, there were some attempts to get me involved, but, you know, I'm a, I'm a quite shy retiring type. I wasn't really trying to but... Um, uh, I did actually make it to the Sumo Hall uh, for, uh, of all things, the one championship was on. Oh, awesome. So I got, I got, my, got my dose of MMA and kickboxing uh, at yeah. uh, Sumo Hall, so it was, uh, awesome. it was great to be there. Yeah, great. I've, I've seen that before, so you would have seen, um, what's his name? Uh, not Hakata. Hakuho. Hakuho, that's right. Now, he didn't compete. I, I went out there as well, Sumo. Did you go for the Sumo or yeah. for the MMA? No, I went for the MMA. Oh, right. We had a friend who works for the One Championship and invited us along. So we, uh, Stephen Donald and myself, went out there and took it in. It first time I've been to a One Championship event, and yeah, it was 
big show. Awesome venue. Awesome venue. Yeah, amazing place. Amazing. Just had to wander around and had a look. Yeah, awesome. Okay, great. Well, um, I guess off the bat, what what excites you about Super Rugby 2020 the most? Um, is it the numerous new faces, all of this undiscovered talent? Is it Bowden Barrett to the Blues? Is is it the Blues year? Uh, is it is it the Draft Rugby oh, podcast? Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this podcast is really getting me excited about it. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, uh, Super Rugby's lost a lot of uh, a lot of stars, and you know, I think the tournament itself has got a job to do to try and make some largely unknown faces, household names, in a very short space of time. You, you need stars in tournaments, and. You know, it's sparked back here in New Zealand. We're covering the European Cup action at the moment. You look through each one of those squads in Europe and yeah. it's just full of absolute megastars of the game. And So Super Rugby's got a job to do, I think, for the fans and, and for those who are new to it, to, to try to create some new stars. They'll emerge, they always do. But, yeah, I think there's a... It feels to me we're coming into a season that's just down a little bit on the sheen. Well, Sumo, I'm really excited for this podcast because in researching this and previewing the New Zealand Conference, we get so excited about seeing all the guys that are coming through and the more we look into it, the more it just feels like this is going to be another really, really good season. So I agree. can't wait to actually get stuck into some of these players. Mm, for sure. Yeah, look, I'm with you on that, mate. And I, I don't say it as a criticism of the tournament. I just, you know, this is natural for any tournament that's seen a lot of a, it's big names depart. You've, you've got to sort of build it up again and... You know, I, I've been through the squads, boys, and look, there are some players in there who are going to be household names. There's no Absolutely. doubt about that. But you know, we've got to get them some game time and get them out there and see what they're capable of. Absolutely. I think for um, for super rugby fans, it, you know, it's uh, a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a downer when um, all of your, big, your favourite players and stars are going overseas. But for fantasy rugby fans, though, it's like a new beginning. It's a new dawn, you know. Uh, it's a... Tough, tough challenge this year. You got to know your stuff. That's it. Um, so it's yeah, mate. It's like going. It's like going into Denny's at three a.m. and just there's a buffet in front of you. Where to start? I agree. That's it. And you find Ali Williams in there, no doubt. Um, Kagi, you do a lot better. <laughs> you, Kagi would do a lot better at the buffet situation, wouldn't that, you? Mate? That's true. No, I would. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd take care of that. All right. Well, how about before we actually start getting into the teams? Then um, I, I guess. Uh, can we can we ask you to confirm what our understanding is of, or I guess, and your understanding of the All Blacks kind of resting protocols for Super Rugby 2020? So this was a very important uh, feature for fantasy rugby managers in 2019 with a, yeah. all the rests for uh, for the World Cup. Um, as far as I understood, or we understood here, is first week they're playing 40 minutes, followed by 60, then followed to, to a full match. As well as maybe a couple yeah. buys throughout, or a couple rest weeks, sorry, throughout the season. Yeah, it seems to become standard practice now that there will be a, a, a rest for a couple of stars. And of course, coaches won't tell you when those weeks are because that gives the opposition an unfair advantage, obviously. Um, but yeah, the standard return to play protocols after an all black season are now enshrined really in, in New Zealand rugby. Um, you want to get these guys back on the park as soon as possible, but they won't be rushed back into action if they're not ready. So a lot of them haven't even arrived back in training yet. They'll have most of December off, and then they'll hit the ground running in January. Remember, this competition starts on the 31st of January, for goodness sake. So they don't have a lot of time to get themselves in shape. Most teams look like they've only got one or two trial games leading in as well. Like It's going to be a super fast return to playing for all of them. Mm. Yeah, it is. I suppose you've just got to... 
roll with it, you know. It's uh, the last year of the structure as it, as it stands. And, uh, you know, you, the guys know now that that's kind of it. You get to end of January and you're into action. So uh, I don't know how much you get out of pre-season games, to be honest with you, apart from the occasional injury. But um, they've become more sponsorship events, I think, to me, than, than anything that's really worthy of developing your squad. Coaches may argue with that because they want to see players in game situations. But yep. I, I just, I, I could take a leave pre-season game, to be honest. Yes. Um, all right. Well, how about we get into the squads then? Um, sure. We'll start with, we already touched on it before, but uh, like all you know, great Greek tragedies, let's start with the one and only, the Auckland Blues. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it their year? They finally got in Bowden yeah. Barrett. They've got the 10. They haven't got him till April, mid-April, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this is a problem. They've got him, and they haven't for the whole season. No, they don't. They don't have him for the first couple of months. Yeah. And then, who knows where he goes next year. doesn't take a sabbatical, so... That's right. Look, I mean, this deal was put together by New Zealand Rugby. They're 40% owners of the Blues. And they made this happen. Uh, they greased the wheels, and I assume they did that to try and up the value of their stake in the club so they can sell it again, but... Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of a difference Bowden's going to make. Great player, don't get me wrong. I'd rather have him in the squad than not. But if you're going to be in the squad, be in the squad. Well, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know. Yeah, well, it it's just means that it's, we're removing an excuse from the Blues now, isn't it? I mean, that's just been the excuse the last 10 years, hasn't it? Well, we, if we just had that playmaker, that we'd, uh, we'd, we'd bring it up, you know. <laughs> Yeah, look, and, and I mean, look, they have had some awful luck. Or Teddy Black's injury, you know, putting him back a couple of years, I think, in development. And uh, Stephen Pitalfuta, to me, is still an experiment as a 10. I think he's a better fullback than, than a 10. Anyway, that's just my personal opinion. And, yeah. and Harry Plummer's still developing as a talent. I mean, it's great that you get a, a world class player in there who can start driving the ship round. But ultimately, um, again, you're still going to have to get through January or February, March with someone else. And by March, it could be too late. Yeah, we were sort of um, questioning this. So do you think that they've they've got Bowden coming in as like he'll slot in at 15 and they'll have someone already set at playing 10 throughout the, the season leading up to it? Or do you think he'll probably come back and, and see the ship in, in, in that 10 jersey? Look, I think Bowden Barrett wants to play 10. Yeah. Uh, he wants to play 10 for the All Blacks. He's made no secret of that. So I can't see him changing clubs and then right. playing 15. He's, yeah. he's there to be 10. Yeah. We, we um, were... So whoever's whoever's going to keep that jersey warm for him knows they're keeping the jersey warm. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt about that, which is which pretty tough on whoever that might be, whether it's Black or Plummer. Um, um, or Peter Fetter for that matter. But, you know, look, that, that's what you, that's the catch you down. Do you think we were going to see the likes of, say, maybe Perifetta playing at 15 or, or some sort of thing like that early on in the season and, and see if he can uh, sort of nail down that spot? Yeah, well, it's interesting to me. I mean, they consider Matt Duffy a, a, a wing now, I guess, in his player profile at least. So yep. I assume that's where they're going to see most of that. Um, and, they, and they need a good fullback. The way the Blues play the game, I think fullback's really crucial to them. And, and certainly with Leon McDonald uh, pulling the strings there, yeah, he knows how important having a fullback who can get you out of the red zone and get you onto attack is. And yep. that's where he's was so good at the Crusaders defensively, being able to defuse whatever came your way as a fullback and then launch onto attack. Um, so they need a guy. And, and Peter Fetzer, when he first came through at provincial level for the Tabernacle, he was outstanding at, at taking high kicks or long kicks yep. and then taking it back to the line. And I thought the Blues would have used him as a fullback rather than rushing him into 10 to, to fill a gap, uh, obviously, that, that eventuated through injury to Black. So... You know, that, that's to me where I, I think it's strengthened. Yeah, awesome. For sure. So so just to go through a couple of the new faces and the losses for the Blues, 
uh, for all the listeners. The, the big ins are obviously Bowden Barrett, but also Joe Marchant, the uh, yeah. outside centre from England. So that'll be super interesting with uh, Rico Ioane putting his hand up and saying that he wants to play in the outside centre jersey. Have you got any thoughts yeah. around how that dynamic might work? Uh, no, mate. I, look, if, if Rico Ioane wants to be a centre, then... Um, <laughs> good luck. Put him in a centre. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good, good luck to anyone else. Yeah. Oh, look, yeah, I, I feel for Rico. I mean, he's, um, you know, obviously he's had a tough year with the All Blacks and sometimes that happens, you know. But the All Blacks are famous for picking hot and especially when it comes to outside backs and wingers in particular. And, that, and he was just a victim of that, really. A couple of guys were shining and so Rico had to spend some time on the bench. But I, I think... The one thing that people don't realise about Ricky Young is he's played an awful lot of footy. Mm, yeah. And, um, you know, players get tired. They get burned out. They just don't have the spark because they've been rinsed 80 minutes every week. Um, and Rico Young, to me, is a guy I, I think is going to improve very much in the same way that Tano. The moment that, you know, he was, he was a good winger, but he was an outstanding centre. And I think Rico Young has that potential. And, and if he has that potential... Again, Leon McDonald um, and Tana are the two guys who are going to unlock that and maybe centre is a good spot for him. Yeah, yeah, spot on. I think, yeah, you say he's played a lot of footy. I mean, when you start playing at the highest levels when you're 17, uh, he's, he's racked yeah. up a few years before anyone has yeah. realised, you know? So, but yeah, 100%. I think... And he's still so young, mate. I mean, you don't throw him in the heat like all the other 27-year-old wingers. That <laughs> That's the number. That's it, 27, the age you put him out to pasture in New Zealand. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're happy for them to come across to Australia at 27. That's fine. We're, we'll, we'll take him. That's, um, <laughs> that's not a problem. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess another another player we had highlighted, um, who I'm sure you would have been keeping tabs on with the Mitre 10 Cup, was uh, Imani Narawa from the the Bay of Plenty. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you what do you reckon yeah, look, of him? I mean, look, I mean, the thing about it is, if you if you look through all the all the squads, I mean, you know, big Fijian talents uh, <laughs> uh, catch cry over here at the moment. We can get through every Super Rugby franchise in New Zealand has a couple, but, yeah. you know, Hamilton Schoolboy, obviously, and then uh, Bayer Plenty uh, you know, broke his ankle um, and then returned seven. So, you know, look, he's, he's a player who's got plenty to offer, I think, but, you know, 13 provincial caps to his name. Uh, again, mm. he's got some learning to do and he's still just 20 years old. So, um Look, you know, I just don't know how much you rush these guys and you play at this level because the, the thing about it is, taking talent notwithstanding, you, you can get exposed pretty quickly, especially young. Um, so I, I think they'll take their time with them because they've got no shortage of outside backs to choose from. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's that's a good point. Straight on to that, I suppose. Um, they've certainly got no shortage of outside backs, but there are, there are some, I guess, question marks. You know, we... We were very happy to finally see Milani Nanai lock down a jersey. You know, he was been one of our favourites and I think a fan mm-hmm. favourite for a couple of years. But um, with with Caleb Clark going um, to play a lot of sevens and you'd think um, maybe not be available throughout the whole season, I guess we kind of feel like the two winger jerseys are still a little bit up for grabs with the Blues. So it's hard to tell who exactly yeah. is going to fill those roles. Well, that's right. And I mean, as you said, I mean, that, well, as we've just covered, I mean, they've got plenty of talent there. Um, and maybe they do have the opportunity to do a bit of a mix and a match, you know. If, uh, I mean, the likes of Matt Duffy, does he lock down a wing spot or is he a bit of a utility? Uh, what do they do with Rico Uwani in the Rawa? Does he get a start right, you know, from the outset of Super Rugby or do they take their time with him? Um, and then you've got Mark Talia coming through as well. So, hmm. you know, they, they've got some options. And I think what they need there is they need guys across the park who can organise. And, uh, you know, it's, 
if you look through the blue stats over the last couple of years, they, they've got impressive attack stats and they've got really good con consistency. They just haven't had to finish. So you've got to, you've got to have good decision makers, smart players who can finish the opportunities that this team is very capable of creating. So there's a, a few more big losses for the Blues. You got Sonny Bill Williams and Ma'anonu, the the centers both gone. You also got Scotty Scrafton, who really established himself as a as a rock in the second row for the Blues last year. And finally, Augustine Pulu, who uh, has always been a, a favorite of ours uh, as just an absolute workhorse running number nine as well. So there's plenty of opportunity in this side. Absolute weapon. We uh, we wanted to go oh, through. Yeah, totally. Sorry, go on. No, 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 carry on. I, I agree with you on Pollard. I mean, the problem for Augie Pollard is uh, he was being held together with Staples and Duck. <laughs> His body was wrecked. Yeah. We, uh, we wanted to go through roughly what we thought the team might look like this year and get your opinion on it as well. So for the forward pack, we had Carl Tuinukwafe, James Parsons, Offa Tuungafase, Tuopoloto obviously is going to get a spot, and then one of those second row spots is really up for grabs at the moment. We're thinking maybe Josh Goodhue, who was a, a really solid workhorse player for them last year as well. What do you what do you yeah, think about think that second right. row? Or, or, or Jared Kelly Tuiotti might be um, yeah. might be a guy who gets a starting job in the locking stocks as well. And don't forget you got Tom Robinson. I assume you, you probably got him looking on the, on the loose four sides or on the yeah. blind side. Yeah, yeah. We we had him Tom Robinson, Gibson, and Akira in the loose fours, but obviously that then just leaves a massive hole or question about what do you do with Dalton Papaliki? Yeah, <laughs> he, he might exactly. I mean, it's always going to be a week, isn't it? When one of those guys misses out and. It's a pretty young and impressive Blues full trio when you look at the options they've got. Um, I, I think Papali'i needs to be there, I think, just for work rate alone. Um, but, you know, you've got Gibson, as you said, you've got Ioani, and then what do you do with Tom Robinson? Maybe it's the year where Tom Robinson reverts back to locking full-time. Ah, so true. that does free up that spot for Dalton Papali'i. <clears throat> It'll be a very, very exciting team to, to me. And, and I think that depth that they have around those positions is probably... You know, other than the Bowden Barrett factor, the thing that makes me think that this could actually be the Blues' year. Oh yeah, well don't forget Tony Lamborn's come back too, so uh, he'll have his debut season for the Blues. And you know, talk about a grafter. I mean, Lamborn is just eighty minutes of effort, and so you know, you, you've got a guy with his experience and it's world experience now. So um, look, again, I, I think that the issue for the Blues here is just settling on combinations. And, you know, we've talked about when Bowden Barrett comes back, we've talked about what Rico Ioane might do, we've talked about the options they have in the loose forwards and what they do in the locks, and, and that to me is the problem for the Blues. They've got to settle on a top combination quickly and give them some game time together so that they can start to build some consistency and confidence. Yeah, definitely. Uh, on to the backs, I mean, there's going to be a few changes here, obviously, and they're going to change throughout the year, but, I mean, we've got... No surprise, Jonathan Ruru down as our nine and the, the first choice, but it won't be till later on. It's going to be Bodie Barrett. So it'll be interesting to see who, who takes that early. Um, obviously, we were touching on it before in the, the centres. We were thinking maybe we could see Marchand at 12 with Rico at, at outside, that that could be a dynamic that works there. Is that what you think could, could happen? Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, you, you're not going to sign much in and then leave them on the bench. You're not yeah. get some game time out of them. I, I think um, Finley Christie might be the one you're overlooking to as a halfback. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's probably the spark that this team, I would suggest, needs in that position. Just someone who can distribute quickly, get the ball out and get the attack firing. Because, uh, you know, as you mentioned before, Pulu was quite an aggressive halfback. Not the snappiest passer, but he had a great eye for the run. 
Um, Marudu, I, I wouldn't think would ever be accused of being the quickest passer in the game either. So <laughs> I like Finley Christie now, who's got a yeah. lot of experience at Mighty 10 Cup level with good teams like Tasman. You know, he can come in there and make a real difference to me. Yeah, and he, and he's just um, mate. All he's ever wanted is to get some some caps with Bowden. You know, he's uh he's been in behind behind TJ the whole time, and what TJ and Bodie yeah. are what over a hundred games together now. So Finlay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. If he had to move to Auckland, he had to move to Auckland. No, yeah. I think for sure we could see him play. <laughs> to, yeah, totally. No, I like look at it. You know, I was just thinking too. You know, we, we covered off locks before. I mean, you got James Tucker coming through as well, and Aaron Carroll. So. You know that they're pretty well stocked in terms of um, in terms of the front five. I think the Blues this year, and, and that's going to be good for them too. Their ruck and most stats over the last couple of years have been outstanding. So if they can build on that and find a backline again that produces some consistency and finish, then you know absolutely they're a chance. Yeah, I think our back three to sort of finish that off. We were thinking it was going to be um, Taniello Talia, who uh, mm. he's obviously a bit of a centre slash winger, but. We're not going to likely see him in the centres with, with Rico wanting to play there. Um, then we were sort of leaning towards Duffy and, and Perifetta to, to round that out. Um, do you think you have much to add or you'd, you'd be changing that at all? Yeah, look, it all depends on what... That midfield's going to be an interesting puzzle for me because you've got TJ yeah. Fayani there as well yeah. uh, alongside with Rico Iwani. And Rico, we know, can play on the wing. So, you know, if they want to develop a younger combination or take a combination that already exists, they, they may well say to Rico, look, we need you to spend some more time out wide. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what they do in that combination. But, uh, look, I, I'd have no problem with Duffy starting and, and yep. certainly um, the other two names you mentioned, look, they'd, they'd be as good as any. So, um, again, yeah, yeah, they've got options there. I, I, I want to see Peter Federer on the park, but I want to see him in the back three. I don't want to see him in the team. Yeah, agree. We're, we're on the same park with that. Very good, and we didn't we didn't mention TJ Fahani, but uh, I mean obviously he's been a bit of a rock for them at twelve and the captain of, oh, yeah, of Auckland. Um, but we just didn't mention him because he's just not a, that exciting on the fantasy front, Sumo. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but he's, he's very likely to play a lot of game time. I just want to put that out there for our listeners. Um, oh, I just I just he might surprise you. He surprised a few in his time. TJ Fahani, you reckon? Quite a cheaper. Okay, all right. Well, we'll we'll keep an eye. But yeah, I guess in in rounding out the Blues. Any, you've you've named um, yes, you've given us a couple of names to think about. But anyone else you think might you know anyone you think might make a name for themselves this year? I mean, you can put TJ Fani forward if, again if you want. But uh, no. um, who should we keep oh, an eye I mean, on? No, I mean, I'm excited to see the continued development of Tom Robinson. I mean, I got a big soft spot for him. I, you know, look, I think he's an outstanding talent, and uh, you know, he embodies the work rate and the effort that that Coventry and Umaga and, and uh, McDonald are, are really crying for in this team. Um, and, and I think if you look at, and it won't be a surprise, and might not put up big numbers from a fantasy point of view, but someone like Kurt Eklund becomes really important too, especially for James Parsons' age. You know, you, you need a, a hooker in there, a second hooker who can really get the job done for this team, and, and he might be one to watch. Is he the, the bloke that's come through Bayer Plenty? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a former Auckland boy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And he, and uh, I, I just want to go back one step as well. You're happy with the official nickname, Big Sauce, for Tom Robinson as well? <laughs> oh, look, absolutely happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> big red dog. So uh, he's got know, a lot. Big Sauce sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Excellent. All right. Well, let's move on to um, one of the more traditionally exciting fantasy teams, <clears throat> the Chiefs, the Chefs uh, from up from uh, from Waikato. Um, We've got a couple of new faces coming in there, and we're always very excited about uh, fantasy managers. Are always very excited about the Chiefs. So, um, I guess let's yeah. t- let's talk about some of the the big big name new faces. So we've got uh, Aaron Cruden returning. Um, so it'll be good to see how, how do you think he'll fit straight back in there. 
Oh, Chiefs win the conference. There's no doubt. Boom! Here we go. Straight in. Well, I like it. Have you, have you seen this tape? It's, it's nuts. All right. It's absolutely nuts. Damien McKenzie back fit with Aaron Cruden playing and back and just guiding a team around like only he knows how. I mean, he's a freak show, Aaron Cruden. Brad Weber, who's had yeah. a season of his life last year. Yeah. We've still got Tutoro Atahuri Orangi, who seems to be the guy who everyone's forgotten about. Mm. Um, yeah, it's... It's a it's a sideshow, show. This Chiefs team, absolute sideshow. We we love hearing that because the Chiefs players are just so good to watch as well. So the more games they get in the finals, the better. Yeah, look, mate. It would, let's let's just look at the back three for starters. Mm. Choose from these players: Solomon <laughs> Malo, Sean Stevenson, Sean Wainui, Sam McNichol, Quinn Tupai, Kenny Naholo, Atini Nanaisafuru, and Bailey Sullivan. Shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, we're talking about some, uh, some 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 players that love to run the ball and rack up some fantasy points. Absolutely. Well, if we're gonna if we're gonna yeah, talk back meters plus. Yeah. <laughs> if we're gonna talk back three, we feel like Solomon Alamalo and Damian McKenzie are absolute locks for their jersey. Is Sean Wanui that safe in his wing jersey, in your opinion, with all that competition? Oh, no, I wouldn't think Sean is, but I thought he did a great job for the Chiefs last year. You Absolutely. Know, like he's just been knocking on the door. He was knocking on the door of the Crusaders. He's, he's probably not the fastest wing game, but mm. gee, he put on some great performances for that team last year. So, yeah, he's a bit of a quarter with the team, and he's got a hell of a backstory. So, you know, he becomes quite important from that point of view. But, no, nah, look, I, I wouldn't think Sean Wainu's job is safe. I think they're going to want to get Kenny Naholo on the paddock. Um, yes. And they're certainly going to want some more out of a Kenny Nanosatu, who I don't think we've seen the best of in the 15s yet. Yeah, true. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see him... Um, in and out. In and out, though. I mean, it, it's it's a pretty big draw card playing in the Olympics, uh, I think. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, but... Well, no, it, it didn't seem to be last one. It didn't seem to be... Oh, oh yeah, the last one, True. But, um, no, I think that's certainly grown a lot um, this year. There's, there's definitely a few more people, I think, like sort of putting their hand up and it's a little bit more talked about leading into this Super Rugby season that uh, certain players are going to be away for certain chunks of time. Have, have you heard much from the New Zealand Sevens coach? I know in Australia <clears throat> they've basically said they want the best part of six months with the team leading into the Olympics for any of the 15s players that are interested. Do you have any idea how they're looking at it over, over the ditch? Oh, well, as long as they don't make the same mistakes they made last time. I mean, that, yeah. they were just, it was crazy. You know, <laughs> I was in Rio for the Olympics and I knew Titch pretty well. And, you know, he, he wanted time with his players and was told no in certain, no in certain terms you couldn't have you couldn't have those players. And then, you know, the guys that did want were, were told by the All Blacks coaches that they were risking their All Blacks careers if they went. So, I mean, the whole thing oh. was an absolute cluster bomb. And, um you know, I hope that they've got it sorted this time. They're not going to be able to get these players for as long as they want, and no sevens coach is ever going to get the better of a fifteens coach in this country. But I, I hope yeah. they get it right, and I, and I hope they get some valuable time because it's the Olympic Games. It's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, I mean, it's an exciting thing that sevens has been growing so much. It is at the Olympics, and, and it's showing a lot of like exposing a lot of people to, to rugby, isn't it? So in, in a similar way, yeah, twenty twenty yeah. is is in cricket. Shorter, yeah, more yeah. I, mean, so, I mean, you know, it's a great addition to the Olympics for me, but I, but I also understand why, why coaches don't want, to, uh, want, don't want their players to go, um, and also why some players might think twice, because you don't want to give them a chance if you're a contractor player in the Super Rugby squad, that's your mate. Yeah. And, this... uh, you know, you, you give your guy your jersey for a couple of weeks and shines, you don't get it back. Yeah, there's so, and so much like good talent there. That it's, it's quite easy to lose. I mean, we've we've touched on Aaron Cruden's on his way back. You've 
uh, sort of touched on Kenny Nahola, who's obviously exciting coming through Taranaki, um, but also Quinn Tapea uh, from Waikato. Do, we, do you think we're going to see him get a, a bit of game time this year? Yeah, look, I, I'm a big fan of Quincy players. So I thought he was outstanding when he came through the provincial system. And uh, look, just again, where, where do you put him? You know, is he a 15? Is he a, is he a winger? Could he move up in the centre? Um, I think he's the kind of guy who can be be good in the midfield. And I guess you've got Anton Leonard Brown, who's an absolute lock week in week out um, in yeah. terms of the midfield. But do they stay with Alex Nankerville? Do they give Auburn Leitcher a bit more game time? They've got some little money there as well. So. They've got some decisions to make around the midfield. They, they, they probably need to get one of those midfielders in there consistently and, and try and build that combination with um, ALB. Yeah, look, I mean, we're, we're <coughs> huge fans of um, Nankerville and we think he's been underutilised, but obviously he got a fair bit more game time last year, so I think ideally that's what we'd like to see. And but he had an amazing season with Tasman this, this Yeah, season. I mean, he's an absolutely yeah, brilliant he's player. Up. He's a great player. Um, do, you, do you think we're going to likely see him with ALB or do you think we're going to see Tamua Manu sort of filling out that centre role or Balen Sullivan getting a chance? What, what do you think that centre pairing is going to shape up or Auburn Ledger, as you said? Yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I think they'll probably persist with Mankerville because yep. he said he's got that time in the saddle and I, and I think that combination with ALB can only get better. Um, you know, they don't want to change that. I, I think Balen Sullivan's a great centre, so maybe yep. we, we do see a bit more time from him, but... Look, again, you've got to look at what Brian Gatlin wants to do with his bench. I mean, if, you, if you've got your two starters there, and, and you know, Anton was fantastic all year long. So, he was amazing. Um, you know, he's he's the guy who's going to be guiding the ship. you just got to find somebody who falls well with him Best. and who can also pair up well with Aaron Krugman inside. Best centre in the world, Anton Leonard brown <laughs> he's, he's like the... the... Oh, yeah, he's... He was fantastic for the All Blacks. Yeah, he's quietly one of the best players in the world. If that makes sense, he just goes about his business. You forget he's only like twenty five, you know, and he's been amazing for a couple of years already. Yeah. Um, no, he's incredible. But um, I suppose you, you touched on one thing. We, we did a separate whole podcast on it. But um, Warren Gatlin, I, I, it'd be great to get your thoughts on how you think um, his coaching with the Chiefs uh, is going to go. We kind of we we look at it in, in that um, we're hoping. He doesn't want to play Wales, uh, the Lions, and Warren Ball. We're hoping that he's he's come down here to completely reinvent himself and just throw caution to the wind with these Chiefs players and see what happens. Yeah, it's an interesting allegation against Gets. I mean, he always um, kind of arced up the suggestion that you know their style of play was was limited. I mean, mm. was it the style of play that was limited, or did he come up with a game plan because he had limited talent? Yeah. Um, you know, a good, a good coach has got to develop a game plan that his team can play. Um, you know, Warren Gatlin, with all his experience, comes down here and has the embarrassment of riches that he does. I don't, I don't think he's going to shut up shop, kick the ball deep and chase it. Um, I mean, they, they're going to have a crack. And, you know, Getz has already been back to New Zealand once and readjusted Waikato's play and, and brought defensive screens in that, that weren't being utilised in New Zealand rugby, and this goes back what, 13 years ago. So uh, he's a guy who can come and innovate, and I, I think the Chiefs are just going to love having him around. He's a good man, and he's a bloody good coach, and he's got good coaches around him, and that's important. Yeah, for sure. I think um, you, one of my... You're talking about uh, Wales perhaps not having that much talent. We've already lost any Welsh listeners if we had them <laughs> long ago, but um, I think one of my favourite... Oh, well, it's not that they didn't have talent. It's just about <laughs> comparing the suit of what he had. No, that, well, well that's pretty good at playing it. That's true. I was going to say one of my, our favourite quotes from the World Cup was this Welsh fan came up and he said uh, of the Welsh team... Um, you know, our, our team may be dog shit, but try getting us off your shoe. Uh, you know, our game plan just to, to stay <laughs> exactly. in every every exactly. game. 
I thought that was brilliant. So well, yeah. you can say the same. You can say the same thing about the two section. It's the way they play. They're just tenacious and yeah. just in your face for eighty minutes. And that's why people don't like playing them. That's true. And they had they had that kind of they had that real rough patch last season where um, you know a lot of a lot of supporters, fair weather fans, turned off when uh, they lost a lot of players to injuries and whatnot. And then. Even even not necessarily getting everyone back towards the end of the season, they just ramped up and just what well, I mean that game against the Crusaders was that last year where that was one of the best games of Super Rugby we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, oh, hundred percent, yeah. So yeah, um, all right. Well, moving on, I guess we'll talk about some of the notable losses. So, I mean, there's none much more notable than that of Brody Retallick. So heading over to Japan, um, mm-hmm. but there's a few other big players. They've lost Teleni Siu, um, Kane Hames uh, to concussion. He's kind of been a bedrock mm-hmm. prop. Um, uh, my, one of my kind of favourite prospects that we talked about last year didn't really do that much but Atata Moekiola um, he's gone back to Japan um, yeah um, that's right yeah. and of course your favourite Stephen Donald he uh, you know, <laughs> came back in uh, and he's back out again just the uh, few games <laughs> yeah it was, no, no great loss here um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean that um, oh, yeah, I think you do yeah, I mean Brody was Alex a big one to get over isn't he but yeah. I, I looked look through their lock stocks and you know Lachlan McConnell's come a long way in just a couple of short seasons you know Mike Allardyce is vastly experienced now uh Naitua Akoi I think is a player to watch yeah and um you know he, he could be in for a very big season uh, if he lives up to his potential and Tyler Arjon mm. was fantastic for this team um last year so I, I see no problems for him yeah there is no replacing of Brady Vitalik he's a unique talent in the game but I, I think what they've been able to cobble together in terms of their wider roster is going to be able to cover. Is going to be able to cover for him in, in, in other ways. So that that's one of the big questions we had over this side at side at lock. We feel like Michael Allardyce has got the runs on the board to probably take one of the spots. Tyler Ardron mm. is a big fan of playing loose forwards, from what we've we've heard from him actually. Mm. And then uh, that leaves, like you said, McWannell and Akoy. Uh, who do you think's the favourite for that jersey? For that other slot. Yeah, I, look, I, I think Allardyce will get a crack, but I, I think McConnell probably has the inside running to be that sort of starting lock for this team. Yeah, um, you know, if if they insist on using Arjun in a different capacity, um, but yeah, look, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Arcoy get some game time early in the season. Maybe not first game because it's an absolute scene set up for them. But um, look, at some stage during the season, yeah, he'll, he'll get some time. But yeah, I think you're right. Allardyce is certainly in the driver's seat, and if I had to toss up between. McQuannell and Arcoy, I'd probably take McQuannell just on, on style of play at the moment. He's more traditional, I think. Beautiful. Uh, starting into that sort of forward pack that we've been touching on, so we're thinking that front row is going to be Artu Molly, uh, Nathan Harris, and Nepo Laulala. Um, we're trying to toss up, I suppose, the, the props. We had a couple of questions about how that was going to work. Um, Laulala mm. obviously getting a, a good run for the All Blacks. Um, is, that, is that what you'd see as the, the front row? Him over Tarvel. Oh, yeah, yeah, him over Tarvel. I think it's a crack. And I think it's Tarvel's, you know, got to be in the mix as well. Yeah. Um, what a fabulous story his is and still yeah. continuing story. Um, R2 Moly, I, I think, has got to be in your, in your starting team as well. Um, Aidan Ross is coming back, and I think they want to see what he can offer. And, and Ruben O'Neill is a player that's underrated too. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get some time. Um, and then, you know, I know Nathan Harris is the guy you want to go for, but um, Samasoni took a up. Oh, yeah, how good was he last time, year? Oh, the more minutes that bloke gets, the better for me. Yeah, he looks unstoppable. He's just got that beast frame on him, doesn't he? But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting the Chiefs going from um, having almost essentially no props the last couple of years, just all like riddled, riddled with injuries, um, to 
Sounds yeah. like they're all kind of fit and raring to go. Um, and it can't be anything but good, I guess, particularly to have that competition with guys like Etar Vau mm. and Lal Lala, um, you know, vying for that all-black yeah. jersey now, the, the Chiefs jersey. So, <laughs> yeah, with that real strong foundation up front, if they can stay... If, they can, if this team can stay healthy, I think you're, I think you're right. So, um, yeah. Uh, all right, Nelson, what do oh, we... Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, like, so it's just carnage. Oh, I mean, the front rowers themselves, I mean, they're probably... That's the strongest roster of props, I think, in the country, for sure. Mm. Uh, just on talent, um, you know, maybe not on graft, but these guys are all talented players. And then, you know, they've added some great names there, loose forwards. It's great to see Dylan Mel getting a crack. Um, you know, Mitch Brown has still got a lot to offer. Luke Jacobson, of course, after the disappointment of the Rugby World Cup, he's back in the mix. And Mitch Carpet is still there, and, you know, no one talks about him, but, God, he's a talent too. So all led by Sam Kane, which is it's not bad. Yeah, so we're, we're sort of thinking that that's going to round out with, we think Jacobson getting that, that crack at the six jersey, Sam Kane returning back mm-hmm. at the, the seven, and, and Peter Gus, a sore quarter, at uh, number eight. Is that the way you see it, or do you see, think um, Karpik, who we were talking about, is going to be a guy that looks like he's going to bring a ring to Mordor? Um, it's something that you've touched on last <laughs> season for us, actually. But um, he, he goes about his work and works pretty hard. What's interesting for me is, um, you know, I look, I look through the mix and there's no, apart from so I call it, there's no out-and-out number eight for me. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like if, if you look at it, you, you've got to say so I call it's probably starting eight going through the squad, but do they change something up and say, right, you're going to have to play eight for us this season? Um, so, and you know, it's not going to be Jacobson, I wouldn't have thought, although, well, top, you know, top. of all those guys there, I think Jacobson could turn into an outstanding eight. Yeah, well, I mean, Tyler Ardron would love to say he's, he's that starting eight. He, he, he has he, said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he can choose, I mean, yeah, we did yeah. talk to him and he said as soon as he was coming back from the Barbarians tour, he said the first thing he was going to say to Warren Gatlin is, right, I'm playing number eight, give me that eight jersey. <laughs> you know, start getting well, in his ear. Well, I mean, I'd love to see it, but, you know, coming off the back of the scrum, uh, you know, and Super Rugby, and, you know, that... that that it's Tyler Archer on because uh, his handling stats aren't the greatest. Oh, <laughs> all right. Well, he, he scored a few tries off the back of the scrum, actually. Uh, I, I know this just because I've watched him like a hawk because uh, he's been a constant of my fantasy team the last couple of years. But um, no, I, I reckon he's, he's I reckon he surprised me with, with his hands. But um, no, I, th- I think he'll end up in the lock, though, probably, um, unfortunately. But uh, we'll see how he goes. I, I've got to go back one step. Champion, man. Champion, man. I caught up with him. Oh. He's, he's just such a nice guy. Oh, he's a Canadian. I mean, you can't go wrong, can you? You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. I've got to go back one step, Sumo. I was chatting to a Kiwi supporter at work today, and she told me her favourite line ever in commentating was when <laughs> Mitch Hunt hit that 82nd minute drop goal. <laughs> Uh, and you you were in the background going, Mitch Hunt, he's celebrating like he just got the ring back to Mordor. <laughs> is this is this well, pre planned yes, mate? How much how much work goes into the, these analogies? <laughs> because oh, I loved no, it. No, I get asked that all the time. I, I've never pre planned anything, A, because I'm lazy. But, um, <laughs> B, I mean, how can you pre plan the second minute drop? No. That's fair. Well, the Crus- if anyone could, the Crusaders might be able to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Um, yeah, no, that's great. All right, well, are we getting on to the back line now? Um, well, we've pretty much, I think, we've gone done. through all of it. Basically, the only thing left was Brad Webber filling in that nine jersey. Um, do you see any anyone sort of fighting for that position? Do you think... Triple T. Um, Triple T, yeah, he'll, he'll get a, a good amount of game time this year, or how do you see that shared time? Oh, look, I, I mean, I think the two of them start most games, don't they? Or Brad Webber starts and, and Triple T off the bench, yep. uh, for me. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other half that they've got is the starting Milo Harris, uh, but, you know, again, pretty young. 
So when you've when you've got Weber and Tauri Oranga, two all black halfbacks, you know, I think week in, week out, that's your combo. Last question for you on the Chiefs. Tian Falcon is a guy that we're really excited to see get some game time. He obviously had two big injuries last year. I think he did his Achilles and then a shoulder. What's the role between, or how, what do you, how do you see them working between him and Aaron Cruden? Cruden's there for one year by the sounds of it. Is this a mentorship where mm-hmm. Falcon gets some game time, or is he just going to sit in the bench and watch for a year? How do you think it'll play out? I mean, I think he, he may have to rely on some injuries uh, falling his way for a change instead of um, falling down with injuries, because you, know, you have no luck at all. It's been that bad luck, like Tian Falcon. Yeah. Um, you know, I think with, between Cruden and McKenzie, I mean, I think if you pretty much got your 10, 15 slash utility, whatever they're going to do with that combination. Yeah. Um, so I think Tian Falcon may have to bide his time. But, you, you know, look, Cruden and McKenzie start for me. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, are you are you carrying Town Falcon on the bench as, as ten cover, or or are you just relying on McKenzie being able to slot to ten if Cruden goes off? So that, that, that's true. another question for Warren Gatlin, really. Yeah, especially when you got so much talent in the outside backs that you could be utilising there instead as well. Mm. I think yeah, on, that's it. Yeah, I think on McKenzie, uh, we, we've all just said it's assumed knowledge, but just for our listeners. Mackenzie is definitely playing 15, he said this year, so he's he's no longer in at 10, so that conversation is, seems to be over. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely see Cruden and uh, Falcon sharing sharing minutes for that, I, I suppose. Um, we, we did ask you yeah, last well, year... We're, we're, yeah. I, I mean, it's great, it's great that Damien Mackenzie sees that, but Alex <laughs> is going to spend a first receiver. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. No, that, well, that's where we want to see him anyway, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we did ask you on the pod last year. We said we were very happy with the Chiefs uh, selecting Jack Debrusini, um, and yeah. we asked you to train him up and send him back. Um, you haven't delivered um, for us, but uh, <laughs> sorry about that, mate. All right, and look, we, we the boys do want to move on from the Chiefs, but Keeney Naholo. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just I'm that keen on Keeney. So what, what can we expect from him? He he looks like you know from all all um, I guess from all ears, it sounds like he's he's smaller but faster. Still got that physical presence. Still stocky. Yeah, I mean, but... yeah. What what do we think from him? Yeah. Yeah. Look, he's he's got some pretty good genetics. But <laughs> the one the one thing I caution everyone on is, you know, it's great that we get excited about schoolboy talent coming through the system in this country, and I think rugby's becoming younger and younger every year. Um, you know, beating up on schoolboys is one thing. <laughs> uh, being able to make a difference at Super Rugby is another. So uh, excited to see what he can offer. But you know, I'm not entirely sure he's going to get out there and be a world beater straight away. Yeah. Sure, all right. You've got some development to do. Yeah, for sure. I, w- I would have loved... Yeah. Oh, which is only natural. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have seen that, that one game, I think, at Taranaki where uh, there was both Waseki and uh, and Keeney on the wings. <laughs> that, that would have been something to watch. Um, yeah, it wasn't bad. All right, well, with that, let's move on to um, the Super Rugby 2020 champions, uh, the Crusaders. Yeah, um, <laughs> with, yeah, with the, the new logo, the smushing penis logo. <laughs> what, do, what do you feel yeah, about that? Yeah. Do, you, do you think it's a, it's a good logo, or what do you think? But it's a logo. <laughs> I wouldn't spend a second thinking about it. Yeah, yeah no, we, we don't either, except for Nelson, but that's all right. So with that, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Razor staying as head coach. Uh, I mean, I personally think even if he yeah. was even if he was offered the All Blacks job, I probably would have just kept going with the Crusaders anyway. I mean, he's going to get another another couple of wins in the next <laughs> few years anyway, and then anyone will pay him any amount he wants to coach somewhere. You know. So. Yeah. Well, look, this year's a this year's a massive test of his coaching ability. Um, you know, I I think he's a fine coach, and you know, people will say, oh, you know, look look at the squad you had, and I, I'd counter that with you. Well, Todd Blake had a squad was pretty good too, but he couldn't win a title. 
Yeah. Um, so, but but I mean, if you go back on the last three years under under Scott Robertson and look at this team now, uh, he's going to have to he's going to have to get a lot out of the squad because there are so many departing talents to fill. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, how do you replace Ryan Crotty? How do you replace Kieran Reid? Uh, that's just two of them. How do you replace an Owen Franks? You know, that, that, that's just three names that you could just drag straight into the conversation and say, far out. You know, some young kids have got a job to do. Yeah, throwing that, throwing Tafua and Todd and Whitelock oh, and, yeah, um, exactly. and Dag. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be yeah. interesting. So, I mean, we, we sort of looked at a. a I suppose, a few of the positions that are going to be heavily affected. And, I mean, the forward pack is going to be, I suppose, different in, in some sort of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Yellato is one of our favourites. I grew up playing with the bloke, so it'll be interesting interesting yeah. to see him nail down that spot um, with the absence of Franks. Um, and, obviously, with Kieran Reid and his departure, um, do you think we're going to see Quinton Strange sort of fill that, that role? I'm not going to read, sorry, um, with Whitelock. Do we think you're going to see Quinton Strange filling that yeah, role? Mitchell or? Dunche as well. Yeah. Yeah, look, uh, Quinton Strange is a great kid, and, and I think he's, his time's come. Uh, obviously, with Whitelock out, Scott Barrett's getting in the side, so he starts pretty much every week, doesn't he? Yep. Um, Quinton Strange, I think, is a really good fall for him, tougher than you think as well. Uh, Luke Romano is going to be a bench proposition, um, yes. as he has been for the last couple of yeah, years. It's just, so it's just an age thing for, for big, uh, the big prickle. So, yeah, the enforcer. Um, yeah. You know, Quinn Strange, to me, is the guy who fills in the gap. Um, and then if you look through that squad, in terms of replacing Kieran Reid, you know, Fidu Douglas is your natural replacement straight yeah. away. I think, yeah, you, you, you'd probably see him starting at eight, or, or I, I would think he's a chance to start there anyway. And, you know, Ethan Blackhead has come a long way in a short space of time, so he's there. And Billy Hartman, you know, I think he's he's really to sort of lock down a seven spot too. Just just quickly on Luke Romano, a friend of mine pointed this out to me the other day, <clears throat> and I'd never thought of it before. Have you ever seen a photo of him next to Braden Enor? They're dead set doppelgangers. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a lot there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Some people could talk, although, yeah, Romano's probably got a foot on him. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a bit of height. Although, is that, is that the difference of a, a back and a forward, though? That Enor's the pretty boy version of that, whereas Romano's the one that's had his face beaten in. Or I mean, he mainly has beaten in people's faces, but <laughs> his face beaten in over the years, I suppose. So. He's such a weapon, mate. I love Luke to bat. So I think the All Blacks really miss the trick not having him in their squad over the last couple of years, to be for honest. Sure. Yeah, he just hurts people for fun. Oh, there can't be many more players like more demoralising knowing they're coming on than the last 20 of a game, you know, yeah. than Luke Romano coming on. Like, well, he's going to answer to get his name and, you know, name with that guy in the World Cup for the Springboks, you know. You, you just finished getting beaten up by Mostert and Hetzabeth and, and then you look up and Naaman's smiling at you. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think Romano does that for that crusade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, you touched on uh, the Uber driver, where to Douglas. Um, <laughs> we, we think he'll definitely lock down that eight jersey. He, he's, he's kind of one of those players that's just... Um, he doesn't make a mistake and just everywhere. You know, he's kind of like quietly into everything. Huge workload. Yeah, he just... Yes. Yeah, he's just a quiet guy, um, and he's very well respected around the team. And you know, leadership's really big at the Crusaders, and having a guy like Fitu there, who's had some life experiences, had some things that haven't worked out for him, and has come back better. Uh, he's just the ultimate team man. So you know, I know Scott Robertson thinks the world of him, and I know the team does too. I think uh, Ethan Blackadder. They said, is is it his shoulder? He's gone for the season. 
Oh, you could be right, actually, mate. Yeah, he's, he's ahead of a bad luck, isn't he? So I feel like he was a shoe in for the six jersey, and, and obviously the seven jersey's open with uh, Toddy gone on as well. To us, we've got Tom Sanders and Billy Harmon down there, but how do you think it'll unfold? Yeah. No, no, I think you're right. I mean, I think uh, the Colonel uh, Sanders will, will get back. <laughs> He's also had some tough uh, times with uh, injury as well. Um, and, you know, Ethan Roots is coming through the next two. Um, you know, he may be a little young, um, but, you know, he's had a great season for Harbour. So, you know, potentially uh, Ethan Roots is a guy they can use as a lock loose for. And on, on top of that, Sione Havili uh, is an absolute weapon mm. at, at number seven as well. Tom Christie as well, is oh, there? Totally. Uh, yeah, look, but they've got they've got talent there. Um, have they got a Matt Todd? No, I don't think so. But Matt Todd was just a class apart for me. And yep. was over a decade and more of Super Rugby. But um, look, you know, they've, they've got to find players who can do the job. And what they need from a seven of the Crusaders is someone who hustles, makes consecutive efforts, and gets over the ball. So, um, you know, for me at this stage, you know, Billy Harmon would have the inside running on that. Excellent. All right. Um, well, moving on to um, the backs then, I guess. Um, one, uh, whilst we should probably go through, I mean, some of it's pretty locked down. Bryn Hall uh, and Mitch Drummond, they seem pretty happy. To, they're both there. Seem pretty happy to just share split game time there. Um, yeah. Uh, Richie Moe, pretty locked down at 10. He's not moving. And they've still, have they still, they've still got Mitch Hunt and Brett Cameron yeah. in the works as well. So, um, you know, oh, Mitch, Mitch Hunt's gone, Mitch, of course. He's headed sorry. down to the Highlanders. Ah, that's right. Well, good. Um. So, so you've got Brett Cameron, who's the, who's the next one coming through. Um, yeah, look, they probably don't have the depth they had last year, obviously. Um, but Richie Moyne is just starting 10. Um, and, then, and then you've just got to have a look around and see who's next. Looking through the youth in that backline combination, the likes of Megafinal, Fergus Burke, uh, Dallas McLeod, Pia Reese, you know, and these are just guys in different positions. But yeah. you, you need the experience. And Brett Cameron now, with a couple of seasons of Canterbury rugby under his belt, he's certainly the guy who shapes as the understudy to Mitch Hunt Rock. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, in terms of, I mean, I think, look, going through the back line, we think it's fairly locked down in terms of, um, obviously, they'll chop and change and there will be some rest weeks for the All Blacks. But we think you spell it out with George Bridge, um, Severo Reese, and David Havilia back three. And, uh, Combination of Good Hugh and Enor probably in the centres there. Um, I guess to us that's pretty locked down. Do you think there's any anyone who might challenge them for a starting spot? Well, the, the only we'll the only shift I can see, and, and, and they may want to go here, because I know David Harvey's always been keen on this, is that Harvey moves up into the midfield and uh, takes maybe a twelve wrong. Good Hugh playing at centre, and then Will Jordan starts yes. full back for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that um, yeah, we we would yeah. absolutely love so that, that. That could be an option. Yeah, there's obviously so much talent there, and obviously we, we can't forget Manasseh Mateli and how good he was a couple of seasons mm. ago, um, mm. struck down by injury, which gave Sevi Reese that chance last season, and throw um, mm. Fanganuku there, Leicester, he, he's, he's another brilliant player, but I mean, we, we'd love to see Will Jordan get that crack and get some more game time. Oh, look, 100%. And, you know, Braden Eno, I mean, they've got an absolute wide on for him down there, so I mean, oh. he's going to be playing somewhere in their back three for sure. Um, so you, you know, Bridge, I think, picks himself. Uh, so the, the real battle is going to be for that other wing spot between Reese and, and, and the other names you mentioned, Mattaili and Flying Anuku. I think Reese was the best example of um, what you were touching on earlier about players, you know, thinking twice about going to play sevens because they don't want to give anyone else some time in the saddle in their, in their yeah. spot because yeah. Reese went for, you know, got a little bit of time in the saddle all the way through to the All Black starting jersey. So, you know, it doesn't take much. Uh, oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, all right, well, yeah, well, that's probably enough for the Crusaders. Um, I think everyone kind of knows what you're getting with them. Um, but you're, you're right, it will be exciting to see, I guess, how their forward pack comes through in 2020. Um, mm. But mm. let's move on to the Highlanders. Um, what have we got for the Highlanders? Who, who are the new players for the Highlanders? So, I think one that's pretty exciting is uh, Nareki from Otago. Was he the, the top try yeah. scorer or second top try scorer? I think second top try scorer. Yeah. Um, my 10. Do you think we're going to see? Yeah, I mean, Joe Nariki's a good player for sure, and you know, it's a bit of Nabuto's been there, and, and he brings some excitement as well. You know, we spoke about you know a lot of that Polynesian Melanesian flair on the wings throughout Super Rugby teams. No difference uh, here at uh, the Highlanders, and Carisi Kudandrani as well coming in. So, I mean, they've, they've got a lot going on out wide. Uh, it's whether they can get the ball. Yeah. To the width, that's the big question. Throw in a couple other sort of new names. Michael Collins coming across from the Blues. Um, obviously, Scott Greggy would have been great to see him have a crack, but it sounds like he's had a, a pretty serious injury. But one thing that I'm, I'm interested in... No, he's gone to Oh, sevens. sorry, Sevens. Not yeah. He was gone. That's, that's what I had in my mind. Um, gone for the season with yeah, Sevens. Yeah, I mean, he'll be in and out, you know. Yeah. Um, another name that I was quite interested in is Timo Fanganuku, who he he didn't get picked up originally, did he? And he's no. he's uh, he's only just come in with the the injury to Connor Garden Bashett, and looking like he was going to be going overseas to to France before he got told to to stick around by Tony Brown. Does does that mean you think he's going to factor in and, and get a bit of a run this season? Oh, look, you'd hope so. I mean, they, no, no one's there to train. Yeah, you know, they're they're all there to play, but. But, but ultimately, I, yeah, Connor Garden-Basher was obviously a big part of these guys' plans. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, you've got to fill that gap. But, you know, I, I look through this team, and there's plenty of talent. Mm. It's just Definitely. a lot of it is untested. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- this is the big question mark over the high of this again. You know, they're going to play an exciting brand of footy. They always do. They play indoors, you know, half the season. So they love throwing the ball around and, and, and getting in the chaos, and, and Tony Brown loves coaching that way too. You yeah. create chaos and, and make teams keep up with you. So they've picked a team for me, which is just full of absolute free radicals, and that's what makes them excite. Yep. And, and further fantasy managers, that uh, that ground under the roof is the number one ground by country mile for fantasy points because everyone <laughs> comes to play. That's it. It's the game you oh, look forward 100%. to. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they even got they've got Nani Punavai from he wasn't he in the Crusaders last year as well. He came down. They've just got a whole kind of you're right ragtag bunch of uh, individual talents for the outside backs. But um... oh, look, they've been and they've always been a bit of a mongrel team. Mm. Um, you know, there's just guys who come from all over the show and they get really tight down there. It's um, just yeah, you know, the nature of the city. It's a small place. They uh, they all get on pretty well. They, it's a fun environment to be a part of. So. You know, they get out there and they play for each other, for sure. Uh, and that's never been a question with any Highlanders team. It's just, you know, again, about having that, you know, do they have that extra 10% that other teams have at their disposal in terms of the experience and talent? Yeah, I mean, look, and we can you can say it if you want to, but there's not much to do in Dunedin, is how it sounds. But, um... <laughs> oh, mate, there's plenty to do in Dunedin. What a great team. <laughs> no, no, that's right. Well, look, a player I'm excited about with the Highlanders is... Um, Tiriki Ben Nicholas, so um, I'm I'm expecting mm-hmm. some some big things from him this year. And um, whilst they've they've certainly got some uh, some back row some exciting back rowers in the the Highlanders squad, I think he could be you know, looking at taking that number eight jersey and making it his own. Um, what do you think of him? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you know, 28 caps for Tiriki Ben Nicholas. Um, obviously, Wellington playing for Wellington. You know, another exciting guy. You go down there as a loose forward into the Highlanders, <laughs> and you know that you've got Ash Dixon and uh, and Coltman. And as a loose forward, your job is to try and get more turnovers than they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to be aggressive. You've got to be right in the mixer. Uh, and, and you've got to be strong over the ball. So, 
That, that's the test for Ben Nicholas because you, you look around him and, and guys like Putty Putty Parkinson, who's just so good in contact. Um, Lynchus, obviously, who's been named captain of the side, just an absolute grafter. Jesse Pardetti has a big, uh, I yeah. think, opportunity this year too to really cement himself as a starting talent in Super Rugby. Yeah, a couple right. of the other losses for that club as well. you got Tyrell Lomax gone over to the Hurricanes. Tommy Franklin's moved on. Hamopo as well. Mm. Luke Whitelock at eight was an absolute rock. Dixon, Squire, so many losses in that forward pack. And then to top it off, you got Matt yeah. Fetters, Tavita Lee, Waseki Naholo, Benny Smith all moved on as well. So there's so many new positions up for grabs in this this uh, in this team. Uh, is there anyone yeah. else specifically that you would pick for uh, for a big season? Yeah, well, I think Dylan Hunt's a great talent. I mean, I, I'd, I'd have a look out for him. I mean, this is the do-or-die year for Brent Gatlin, isn't it? I mean, you know, to me, he's, he's your starting 10. Uh, so he's got to get out there and he's got to play, and he's got to play well. Josh Urani uh, might well fence himself as the starting 10, but if you're going to get Bryn Gatlin down there, you're gonna, you've, got, you've got to play him. And, yeah, you know, sure. whether he can play to the the style and design of, of Tony Brown and the Highlanders is, is, is the big question for me. But I, I think Bryn Gatlin might just get a new lease of life under the tutor, tutelage of a guy like Brownie. Yep. Um, you touched on obviously Dylan Hunt. He's a he's a brilliant back rower. We think to to round it out. Do you think you're going to see Lenchers at at seven um, and Shannon Frizzell yeah. f- oh, at number eight? He's a he's a guy that anytime he gets on the paddock, he, he creates havoc. Um, so he fits into to that back row pretty pretty awesomely. But uh, is that how you see it? Hunt and Lenchers, I suppose they could they could be six or seven as well. Yeah, look, I, I mean, I think they want to see Hunt, but they'll also, you know, Marino um, too, as, as a player, I think, uh, you know, again, in the same vein as Bryn Gatlin, this is a big year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they can get the best out of Michele too, maybe he starts at eight for the end of the season and, uh, and really get some uh, minutes together. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, righto. Um, uh, I, I think, I thought Joshua Arnie was very good last year, actually. So um, I think... No, totally, oh, look, totally. I mean, he, and as I said, mate, he, he will think that it's his jersey to lose. But, mm. I, you know, I think, you know, Gatlin's going to play a role this year for sure. Yeah, and we're excited to see a bit more of uh, Falau Fakatava as well, slotting in for um, Aaron Smith, uh, particularly in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's, he's an exciting young halfback, isn't he? Oh, outstanding. And Aaron Smith has nothing but praise for him. So, you know, like, he, he could be the, the most talked about young halfback in the comp this year for sure. Let's go. Let's go second row with them as well. Then we uh, we obviously lost a, a lot of the tight five. Or sorry, the second row wasn't the loose forwards as well. Franklin and Mopo moving on. Who do you think will take that jersey? You named Perry Perry Parkinson last year, who got a bit of a start as well. Josh Dixon. Anyone yeah, else in your eyes? Yeah, like well, Parkinson for me starts. Um, but that, that's just you know, <laughs> that's my thoughts on the matter. I'm not picking the team. Um, <laughs> they've, they've obviously got Selby Rickett in there as well. He's a big boy, but Josh Dixon has the background. So, you know, to me, you'd probably be looking at Parkinson and Dixon to start your season off as a combination. We're ending out the last sort of positions, I suppose, we haven't touched on is the, the front row and the centres. Tay Walden and, and Rob Thompson, obviously both really talented centres. Do you think that's how we're going to see them shape up? I mean, C.O. Tompkinson had a crack last year, and we, yep. we love him. He, he's an exciting the player. The steel shoulder. Yeah. So how, how do you think? Oh, that? yeah, no, he absolutely melts people, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. um, C.O. Tompkinson. It's great to see. Uh, he, he might need to introduce himself to his arms at some stage. <laughs> yeah. um, look. 
No, I love, I love watching Seattle play. He just rushes up. He knows the spot tackle. He's probably the best spot tackler in the midfield in the comp yeah. to me. Um, but that comes with risks. Mm. Uh, you know, Michael Collins being back just gives a little bit of reassurance. Um, you know, at, at deep, and I think Mike Collins probably starts as your fullback. Um, yeah. that, that it's just a reassuring pair of hands there after losing Ben Smith, who's you know irreplaceable for the Landers. So, oh, absolutely. No, I, I think Thompson and Morgan probably get the, the inside running again because they've got that combination that's been in place for a couple of seasons. But see how Tompkins will be keeping them, uh, you know, keeping them honest. Another name that we're quite excited, um, he had an awesome season this year in the minor 10 is, is Josh McKay. Um, he's, I yeah. suppose, sorry. No, 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 I'm with you. I'm with you there, yeah. Do you, do you think we're going to get to see him have a, a starting spot on one of the wings? Uh, well, potentially. Uh, but again, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, some of the talent they've had coming through. Yeah. Uh, but look, he is, mate. He's only got six caps to his name. It's super rugby. But, mm. you know, like, he's a guy that it, it certainly looks like he's loving his life out there. So, you know, if, if that's the guy you're going to start the season with, you go for it, I think, Nabura... Uh, they want to get a bit more out of him this season yep. as well. So, you know, with Brian right on one wing and Nabura or potentially Nariki on the other, um, oh, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, I think that's how we kind of saw it lining up. I, I think at first, when with Ben Smith going, we thought Josh Mackay might have been someone in, in the line to fill that spotted fullback. But with bringing Michael Collins in, I think, yeah, it's pretty clear that they brought him in to kind of just be <laughs> the, the the rock, you know, to be that safe, safe hands at the back, um, calm things down a bit. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, now Josh McKay, I think he's supposed to be one of the quickest players in, in over there in New Zealand at the moment. He's, he's got some got some legs on him; he can move. Um, but uh, oh, he's rapid. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, perfect. All right, well, let's move on to the lucky last. We've got the Hurricanes, um, <clears throat> a team that uh, we were very excited about last year. Um, maybe not as excited about this year, but uh, no, still is still pretty excited about. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. so, wow! Really, you're really just pouring salt on the work. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Actually, I didn't do that for any other team, did I? But Mate, um, are you only saying that because Barrett's left? True. That is the main difference, isn't it? <laughs> Look, they've obviously lost a few. Sam Lousy is is a brilliant player. Manny Proctor's been a, yeah. a, a guy that's had a lot of time there. Toby Smith. Um, there's a, there's a few other names you can throw. Obviously, Nan um, Milner Scudder, who's been injured seems every single year for, for the last few years after coming onto the scene. And and, and, you're, and you're pretty much about out of here for the season too. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, they've, they've caught him earlier. players missing, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're sort of saying he, they're hoping that he's going to be back a little bit earlier. Than Round expected. 10 now, I think. Yeah. Mm. I'm not buying that. It's going to be one of those ones where you pick him up for your fantasy <laughs> team and then he just never comes back. So, so <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not falling yeah, for that again. Um, I'm, not, I'm not putting him in my starting 15, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd be taking a massive punt. That, that's it. Um, well, I guess the first, the biggest question, really, then, I guess, is um, fly half. Uh, Fletcher Smith, uh, Jackson, Garden Bashup. Um, I mean, first of all, who's going to play? Who's going to play more minutes? And um, ha- you know, how have they been going? And are they going to fill that void? You had Geordie Barrett, didn't you, Kelly? I did. Look, I'd said just nah. put put one more Barrett in. Um, <laughs> just it's not going to make any difference, you know. Uh, but, uh, Mate, I'm sure Geordie Barrett would love to play ten. I'm not entirely sure he will, but yeah, um, he, he, yeah Fletcher, Fletcher Smith is there. Jackson Garden Bash, if you talk to anyone, and, and he's uh, he's, a, he's a kind of strange character because there's no doubt he's got talent. Um, mm. he, he doesn't quite fit the shape profile that a lot of people think that the first five should fit, but he, apparently supremely fit. Always crushes his numbers in training. Right. Um, but yeah, like who, who's 
who amongst this team is, is capable of filling the boats that Bowden's left? <laughs> yeah. that, that's the big question. I mean, that's true. you know, James Marshall coming back through into the team as well, I think, mm. you know, could be crucial to them. Uh, maybe he gets a couple of runs of 10 just as a, you know, as a guy who's just stays. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know where they go because I, I think, yeah, to me, Fletcher Smith is a, is a real talent. Yeah, he, yeah. he just hasn't found favour where he's been so far, certainly not the Highlanders. So it's a big gig for him. Absolutely. You've got uh, two, two guys that have come across from other provinces in New Zealand, other teams in New Zealand, Tyrell Lomax and Scotty Scrafton. I feel like they're big inclusions for this team and how their forward pack is shaping up. Do you think these guys are going to get starts or have they got a lot of competition? Oh, I mean, there's competition for sure, but, you know, the fact that, that Adi Sabi is out means they're going to have to reach out their back line, uh, their, their back row, aren't they? I mean, Reed Princip's a guy that, that, that they've enjoyed, and, you know, and I, I enjoy watching Reed play. You know, I think he's a guy who just gives you everything he's got. Um, but, you know, they, they just need to find a combination there. And I think Duplessis Karifi will, will fit the seven jersey pretty well this season, um, yeah, yeah. and a lot will be expected of him via Fafita. I think would move out. Gareth Evans, we know what he offers, and he was superb during the Mighty Cup. Mm. Um, so I mean, that, they've got some back rows who can really do a job, and, and that's important to consider. You know, when you, when you're missing Adi Sabia, there's guys there who are pretty good too. Yeah, they've also got um, Murphy Taramai coming coming back into the the squad. Um, obviously, Fafida seemed to feel that. Uh, I mean, yeah, Duplessis Cariffi filled that seven jersey when Sevilla wasn't there at any chance this season. Mm. Um, I think mm. we were sort of looking at the the second row as well. Obviously, Scotty Scrafton's quite a, a talented player and got a lot of experience, but it is a really tough sort of position for them there. Um, it, we've sort of got uh, James Blackwell and, and Walker Leawery as yeah. as our starting uh, second rows. Is that what you see? Yeah, I, look, definitely, I mean, you, you're probably pretty close to it, but also look out for Kane Pepe coming through. I think yeah. he's a talent. And, uh, you know, look, they, they may want to see a bit out of him this season too. Uh, Liam Mitchell, um, that might be a bit of a punt for them. But, yeah. you know, the two names you mentioned straight away, I, I think, are the guys who, who would have the inside running at this stage. Yep. All right, well, two players who I've been incredibly excited about since, again, uh, high school football level. Um, uh, and I, I was, t- I was talking, asking you about them last year, but uh, it's another year, another Mitre 10 Cup under their belts, and they've gotten a bit better. Asafa Amua and Alex Fidau. Um I'm really hoping that we might see... I, well, I was hoping we'd see a lot more of Alex Fidau this year, but then uh, they signed Tyrell Lomax, so kind of puts him in there, I'd say, in third third slot for the tight end jersey with uh, old, old uh, Ben May in, um, in for your bench. But... Uh, I mean, it's not getting any easier for Asafa Amur, I suppose. He's still got Dane Coles and Ricky Riccatelli. Um, but I guess is uh... yeah, yeah, look, Asafa's biggest issue, I think, is just staying fit. Um, yeah. You know, by all accounts, the bloke just has to look at a, you know, at a cheeseburger and he puts on a stone. <laughs> and it's just one of those scenarios for him. So, um, him and me, but him and me both, yeah. Whatever they can do to... We, we think he should... To get him on the field and get him fit is, he, is important. But like, Ricky Riccatelli, to me, is probably the most you know, uh, underappreciated hooker game in Super Rugby. Yeah, uh, I think we, we were sort of thinking, Asafa Moore, one of the things he needs to, to fix up is his line-out throwing as well. So maybe he can start throwing those cheeseburgers at targets <laughs> rather than eating them. <laughs> Yeah. Genius. Yeah, yeah chucking, a, chucking a dart's a pretty important part of uh, being a hooker. You know, you've got to get that right. Yeah. 
Excellent, Nelson. We'll say we'll tell him that you t- uh, you said that. So we'll um, set up a meeting for. Yep. Later yeah, I'll, ba- I'll pass it on. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Another, another real good buy for them, I think, is Jamie Booth. There's a backup nine. He had such a good year with the uh, Sunwolves. Mm. Obviously, he's going to be sharing some time with DJ there. Might not get as many minutes this year round, but God, he's come into some good form. Yeah, he has. You know, you know like a guy like Booth, he just doesn't mind. I don't, you know, like yes, he wants he wants to start. Every player does, but. Yeah, you know, he's a guy who can just role play for their team. We know TJ Pitanato is going to get a lion's share, and you know, and a big responsibility for him this year as well, missing his uh, his offside of Bowden Barrett. So, you know, having a guy like Bruce there is just a good team man who can fit in that role playing job as a as a backup a halfback. Is uh, you know, it is good to smart purchase for Canes. I'm not surprised they picked him up. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, look. Um, I guess yeah. We we know the back rows without Artie's fairly locked out. We've said Duplessine at seven, Evans at eight, uh, six probably. You know, maybe Princip or Fafita or whatever. Um, look, <laughs> looking at the back line, I guess we we look at it in uh, TJ Perinara. We've talked about ten, so we're not sure with that yet. But um, like we'd like to see Fletcher Smith starting, but um, you never know. Mm. Um, and then for the, I mean, they've still got that host of absolutely fantastic outside backs. We, we'd like to think. Nani Lamape, he's a lock at 12. And, uh, I mean, their game plan should probably just be um, TJ cut ball, cut the 10 out straight to Lamape uh, every time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's missed too. Yeah, that's... Constantly. Yeah, look, uh, Lamape, you know, Nani starts at 12. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Vincenzo's in the mix, I think. Uh, you know, they'll probably miss Mitty Proctor, but, um, yeah. you know, they've, they've got guys here in the, in the back line that can cover. Do you think those two could pair up together, Lamape and Asso? Oh, I think they could, for sure. I'm a, I, you know, I, I rate Vincent, so I, I think he's really talented, and I don't think matters what position he plays, you know, 12 through, you know, 14, he, he can do a job for them. Yeah, so do we. We think um, what's hurt him has been his versatility, is that he's just been such a great person to stick on the bench in the 23 jersey, because he can come on and cover centre or wing, um, and that's kind of hurt totally. him instead of... Uh, and I, I think maybe that's why Wes, Wes Hoosen, who has been great, but... Hoosen. Um, Hoosen, sorry. Uh, <laughs> But um, has maybe maybe got, got the start ahead of him. <laughs> Sounds like hoisin sauce, mate. We're cooking some some Chinese tonight. But, um... yeah. Oh, look, no, be, I mean, the, the goose is loose, and uh, you know, he always gives you he always gives you value for money. You know, they've also signed Chase Tiertier down there, who's you know had another great season for both plenty. So, you know, Chase Tiertier is a sort of guy who will keep the back three honest as well. For um, sure. You know, he's I think he's now now fullback. Um, so, you know, you can't up against Jordy Barrett. Good luck with that. But. Um, you know, in saying it, you, you might see him on the wing occasionally too, and that throws free up a guy like Vincenzo to move in with. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, um, all right, that takes us through the five teams, and I guess moving on for... Uh, so we structure our podcast because we uh, used to be doing it uh, while we're eating dinner with our entree uh, in which we... <laughs> We we predicted our uh, we, we put in our predictions for the top fantasy players from the New Zealand Conference, um, and right. with that with that vein, we won't we won't make you uh, pick your, your top three players. But who would be your number one draft pick? Who, who if, you're a, if you're a fantasy manager, who are you picking first in the New Zealand Conference? Oh wow, we <laughs> um, it's tough. Look, that's we're a doing... great question. Oh, I like. Damien McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there it is. That's that's what we had down. Uh, I think that's what we all had in mind virtually, yeah. but that's what we thought you'd say as well. So uh, very good choice. <laughs> um, all right, well, that, that's our main course done, and so we're going to move on to dessert. What's you going what to do with that dessert? Do what, do what, eat that, do what, do that, eat that. Thank you again for joining us And uh, this time I think we messaged you beforehand So we're not putting you As much on the spot But um, for, de- for dessert We're going to rank The Kiwi Conference For 
Super Rugby 2020. So um, where we think... Oh, wow. Where, where we, yeah, I'm going to get in trouble with someone here, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, right. Last year we... Sp- I'll, I'll try... I'll, I'll throw it at you, Bruce. Are you ready oh, for it? Well, no, on, before you do, actually, l- last year we threw it at you on the spot. We'll give you a second to think about it. But yeah. what we'll say is, we'll say what we all said last year. So last year, we'll, tell, we'll let you know what you gave us last year. <laughs> um, you gave us uh, Crusaders in number one, Hurricanes at number two. Uh, and then you had the Highlanders, Blues, and the Chiefs in at last. So um, we weren't feeling particularly confident about the Chiefs last year. Um Harry had uh, Hurricanes coming first. I don't know where he got that from. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to see it. Then the Crusaders, Chiefs, Highlanders, Blues. Nelson had the Crusaders, Hurricanes, Chiefs, Blues, Highlanders. Um, and I had... Uh, well, I just had it correct. We'll put that down. Um, right, yeah, yeah. So he, he had Akira Yuani... <laughs> he had Akira Yuani steering the, the team for the Blues into third place and he didn't mention another team. That's all that's He couldn't look past Akira. That's perfect. But, so the big takeaway has to be you rated the Chiefs at last this year and you've rated them first as the hot favourites oh in 2020. <laughs> That's got to be the story from the pod, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I, got, I mean, to me, they are, they're the favourites to win the conference for sure. Um, you know, I just think the, the, the coaching staff... And look, it's just based on strength of squad. Uh, I mean, I, I just look through the Chiefs and I see very few weaknesses across the park. Yep. If, they, if they can get the best out of the players at their disposal, then they're going to be very, very tough this year. So I would, I would put them at one. I, yep. I think the Crusaders shouldn't be discounted. Um, and you know, given the last three years, you know, I'd have to put them in the conversation. So they'd have to go on at number two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, after that, boys, I, you know, I'm going to give the Blues a nine at three. Yes, um, oh, there it is. And then, then the Canes at four, and, and, and the Landers rounding it out at five. Poor, poor Highlanders. I mean, they're sitting pretty much in the bottom for most of us, but they've just had they've lost so much. But we all know Sumo calls your last twenty twenty one. Yeah, real tough, real tough for them this year. But you know, look, you know, these are, these are predictions, mate. And you know, my crystal ball's been known to be wrong numerous times. I think I think we've gone similar to you. I think we all went Crusaders Chiefs instead of the other way around for one and two. I went Blues mm-hmm. up in third, then the Hurricanes and Highlanders to round it yeah. out. Nice. Yeah, I went Hurricanes, Blues, Highlanders as my back three, and uh, despite right. my, despite my love of the Yuanis, uh, I was I, I, they didn't come through with the goods last year, and I think the Bowden Barrett effect will be too late this season. Yep. So I'm going Hurricanes, Highlanders, and Blues uh, bottom of the conference. So um, there you go. Yeah. It was oh, in- well, mate, this is good. We can re- we'll revisit this, boys. Exactly. And it was interesting to note. I guess we didn't we didn't pick up on it until we were looking at this again, but. Um, the, the New Zealand conference has uh, it's been this it's ended up the same the last three seasons so yeah. um, like the exact same yeah. rankings so um, you know I'm 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 I think we're fairly confident that we'll see a change this year <laughs> um, but just how um, <laughs> yeah. how we won't know so and Matt it's only fair as well I should say that. Um, this whole dessert is sponsored by 15 Gelato, so we'll have to get our man to send some gelato over to you. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get your address. Well, speaking of it, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, speaking of it, I'm actually sitting here eating 15 Gelato, the, the mint chip. As soon as we said dessert, I went and got it out of the freezer. Very um, good. It is pretty oh, good. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm very jealous. I might, go and get a, I might go and get an ice cream myself after this chat. Let's well play. I think, mate, if you want to get Sumo to give it a shout-out, I think you have to send, we'll have to send him a crate of it or something. And say, oh, I have to tell the sponsors please. to step it up, all right? Not the new Sumo. <laughs> um, 
No, look, well, th- Sumo, thanks so much again for, for joining us and on Christmas Eve, no less. So thank you so much for, for, no, ma- no worries, boys. for, for making no, the time. Great. great pleasure to tear tears always, Lance. Yeah, um, and the only thing I guess we all want to say is that uh, we, we know that you've said it, uh, that it, it won't be back, but um, I think we're three of the biggest fans of the Short Ball podcast. Uh, and it's, it, you know, it sounded like you had a lot of fun recording it. Mate, bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> we want it again next year. We know you said last year that... Yeah, well, I mean, Mel's Mel stuffed that up. He went and worked for a company, for the other company, so uh. years, which is a bit of a pain in the ass. But, um, no, look, mate, we, we'll be back in some stage in the new year and uh, it may, may have a different name and be the same shit chat, so look forward to that. <laughs> Perfect. And, mate, one, one final plug for your, your book, Straight Aid, about Kieran Reid. I saw an article come out a day or two ago saying that Kieran Reid was playing with a calf tear through that semi-final. What was that chat like when you had that with him? Did it hold him up a lot, or uh, how did that affect him on the day? No, look, I mean, the hard thing for him was because he had to sort of sit out training, so he was left with a lot of what-ifs after their semi-final defeat, you know, because he just thought, oh, shit, what if I'd been out there and, you know, could I fix things? Did I... Yeah, you know, he's just Kieran Reid was a great skipper, and he, he was very deeply connected to that team. And, and I guess he was just asking himself the question after that. The calf was fine in the game; didn't affect his performance. In fact, what the staggering thing about that game for him, and I think it was almost the most meters he'd ever run in the Test match. Right, and, right. And that was That was his hundred twenty-seventh or hundred twenty-six. So you know, there was nothing wrong with his fitness, but what what just sort of dismayed him or, or, or gave him some pause for thought was whether just sitting on the sidelines instead of being out there on the training field had hindered his ability to look at where the team was at and uh, you know but that, that's the kind of guy he was mate she was pretty tough um, pretty tough conversation with uh, everything pretty raw and we were finishing the book you know because it was written in real time so um, you know we had to sit there and deal with the emotion of that moment yeah, for sure. It sounds like an absolutely fascinating read, so can't wait to have a read of it. And, and I know that uh, my two co-hosts here will both be onto it as well. For sure. Oh, awesome, mates. Yeah, well, I hope you enjoy it, mate. It's great, great privilege to tell a story, so hopefully it resonates. Excellent. All right, well, thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, look, we, we could talk rugby all night. And um, uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we hope maybe this season uh, we'll get across to, to New Zealand for a game and and if we do, mate, we'd love to buy you a couple of beers <laughs> if we if we get over there and, oh, uh, look, and catch up. Mate, you're, you're mining the woods, old and shouting boys. <laughs> well, look, well, Merry Christmas to you and yours, mate. Um, enjoy tomorrow. Yeah, likewise, fellas. Yeah, be safe out there. And uh, you know, um, in all seriousness, man, we're um, we're all thinking of you at the moment. It's um, these fires are pretty devastating, and um, you know, it's it's not a laughing matter. It's pretty serious stuff for a lot of people. So. Just uh, look after yourselves and uh, be kind. Cheers, mate. Good good news for everyone else. We've literally just had a little bit of rain within the last five minutes, which is foreign <laughs> to us at the moment. So um, that, that's yeah. at least a slight positive. That's it. All right. Uh, thanks very much, Simo. All right, guys. Merry See Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Cheers. Thank you, Simo.